All right. I am back, and I want to thank again Paul for coming in, talking about the Doctor Who special. And now joining me over the phone, we have Chris Kushnerick, who is a cancer, fighting cancer right now. He's going to be a cancer survivor. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thanks. Good to be here. Great. Now, Chris, you, uh, you're, a play- you were a ho- you're a hockey player. You played for the Wheeling Nailers. You played college at RMU. Uh, tell us how you came, how you got into this predicament, how you found out about your cancer. Uh, sure, yeah. So I, I just uh, finished the last season of uh, pro hockey, which was, I think it was 2011 to 2012. And I finished the season in Bakersfield with the Condors, or uh, the Edmonton Oilers AA affiliate. And uh, I just was feeling unwell for the, the, the greater part of the season. Um, I felt weak. I, I just felt... Um, you know, I, I was in my summer training regimen. I didn't feel like I was getting any stronger. I just felt like I was getting weaker and, and sicker. So I, I finally took myself to the hospital because, you know, as an athlete, you tend to attribute it just to, you know, wear and tear, overtraining, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And uh, they ran, you know, quite a few tests, CT scans, MRIs, ultrasounds, you know, you name it, blood tests. And um, they had compiled everything that it um, you know, it, it, when they broke the news to me, I, I had no idea why they were doing all this, but, you know, soon, uh, soon I found out. And, uh, yeah, the news wasn't good, but, you know, here I am today and live to fight another day. Definitely. Now, in Canada, they had only given you six months to live. Is that correct? Yeah, and, uh, yeah in about December, after the preliminary chemotherapy treatments um, were ineffective, they, um, that's how much time I had left, yeah. So you uh, obviously decided that that answer wasn't good enough, and you explored other options. What what transpired from there? Yeah, I just uh, well, it was strange because you know they in a situation where I, I was just in uh, you know total disbelief with what was going on. So I, I just hopped on the internet and started researching uh, best testicular cancer doctors in the world, and I, I came over this um, testis cancer resource page, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the key lines in that page said. Um, if you have already been treated for testis cancer or your chemotherapy treatments didn't work, we strongly advise that you reach out to one of these clinics. And I, uh, I called one of them. I called a few of them before I found um, the right guy who's considered the guru for all these treatments. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he told me I'm still treatable. I just got to get down there, and, you know, it's going to be expensive. But, uh, you know what, just uh, we'll find a way, basically. And, and that was my attitude going into it, and that's what we did. Now, I, I, if I remember hearing correctly, the price was, was pretty astronomical, and the, uh, the hockey community really came together to help you out. Uh, how much were, if you don't mind me asking, how much was, was the shock value you know, of, of what they were asking for? Yeah, it was, well, when they told me it was expensive, I was thinking 100000 maybe, but it, when they said 250000 I was like, wow. Yeah. So now, we're, now I don't know what we're going to do. We're, we're going to make it happen one way or another, and... Really, it was the hockey community that, that came together to do a lot of the fundraising because the, I couldn't really do very much at the time. I, I, psychologically, I wasn't in that space to do it, and you know, physically, I, I was just—you could imagine—there wasn't very much left of me. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty amazing how the, the hockey community, right from you know grassroots programs all the way up to the, the big dogs in the NHL, um, came together to really uh, support my benefit. And you know, the timing was okay as well because there was a lockout, so there were a lot of players who. Um, were, I guess, out of work and, and could participate in a lot of the fundraising events. Now, who started, who, who jump-started the whole, the whole uh, campaign to help raise money for you? So it was the, the Wheeling Nailers, and it was actually um, one of the chaplains for the Nailers, was a, a man that I met when I was playing there, 
uh, the team chaplain, he, he uh, put together a little website, and um, the Nailers just started with little fundraising, you know, little fundraising jars at their games. And the website really took off once we once we got the word out. The website kind of described, outlined my situation, and, and people really responded well to it. And then, you know, as more of my friends found out about it, they were organizing events, and, um, you know, in a sense, it really, I guess it really brought a lot of people together and, and gave people a unique perspective, you know, seeing how well they actually do have it and that they wanted to uh, help out one of their friends. Great. Now, now, what is the name of your website, that, so in case anyone listening would want to donate? It's, uh, okay, yeah, it's myname.org, so it's chriskushnerik.org. You might have to... Look me up on Google or something to get the correct spelling. My name's long I, I will, and annoying, but it's <laughs> chriskushnerik.org. I will put it on Facebook so uh, people right, just click the good. link. And you know, you know, college kids—they have a lot on their plates. So if they less they have to to remember, the better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were there. You were in college. You know how it is. So yeah, exactly. uh, you were in college down just not too far from here, about an hour out at Robert Morris. Uh, could you explain to us a little bit about your history at Robert Morris? And yeah, yeah, there? sure. Well, I I originally went to uh, my first scholarship offers at Wayne State, so I went there for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, the program had folded right when we got there. They told us the program was folding, so right away we none of us had a place to play for the next season. Um, so we were all basically fighting for positions on on different teams and. I was one of the fortunate four that got picked up by other team or by our team, and luckily I came to RMU, and it was, you know, the best three years, you know, best three years of my life after that for sure. Great group here. The programs come such a long way in those three years. We had some huge program victories, like when we swept swept number one Miami at uh, at Mellon and, and at their home rink, um, and I, I served as the captain in my senior year. So I, I was very blessed, very fortunate to be a part of this program, and I'm still here now. And you know there's a huge rivalry between the uh, D3 ACHA team uh, between Robert Morris and Cal, don't you? And Cal, yeah, oh yeah, I know, yeah, I know so all about that. I was down there, <laughs> down there at uh, Neville Island the other day for that, uh, you know, when Cal stomped Robert Morris. You know, just just putting it out there. So <laughs> we won't talk about that though, right? Oh uh, no, we can we can move on from that. Uh, so you moved on from Robert Morris and you uh, made it to Wheeling. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that experience? It was interesting, yeah. When I went to Wheeling, cause that, my senior year I finished, and I was, you know, I was pretty pissed off that we we didn't make it farther in the playoffs because we had a really good team. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep playing or not. And I had an agent working for me at the time who was like, "Chris, we need an answer. We need an answer." And you know, I, I told him I put him off for a while. Uh-huh. And I decided to go away for spring break actually, and I, I told him I had exams. And <laughs> I came back, and he's like, Chris, you got to give me an answer today or else you can't go anywhere. And so I just said, fine, I'll go to Wheeling. They're an hour away. That's, you know, that's the easiest way. If I just don't enjoy it, I can come back here. And, you know, that, that was actually that, the, the end of the season there in playoffs was, you know, some of the most fun I had playing hockey. Oh. Um, they, they, had, they were extremely well run. They were run by a coach named Stan Julia, who actually holds all the scoring records in the Ontario Hockey League and uh, played um, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He taught me a ton about the game, played with some uh, some players now who are in the NHL, and, you know, it was just a, a terrific experience, and it was a really, real growing experience from the hockey perspective in a short period of time. Definitely. Now, um, obviously there's a difference between going from college to pro. we got a lot of, uh, you know, phenomenal players here at Cal U. For any of those who might be interested in moving up into some sort of, uh, you know, professional profession as you know as far as hockey goes can you explain what some of the differences they can experience or some of the things they should expect well first first what you have to you have to realize is that all the players at the next level are good every player is good Mm -hmm. Um, so you have to find out what your niche is what makes you 
uh, what's going to put you in the lineup over the next guy? Because you know, just saying you're a skilled guy isn't enough. You got to, you know, if you're the penalty killer, you got to be the best penalty killer on the team. You got to do something that sets you above everyone else. Because once you get there, there's, um, you know, it's it's extremely strategic, extremely tactical, and I found that um, the college hockey game was much different in that it was uh, much more run and gun. There wasn't it wasn't as systematic. Guys were. Uh, seemed like they were out of position a lot of time in college hockey. And it's, college hockey is a lot faster, but the pro style game, um, it's much more structured hockey. There's uh, players will ex- if you're running caught running around too much, players seem to expose you, mm-hmm. and you have to be really careful with with turnovers. So that's the one thing I noticed. And I was up in Wheeling last weekend watching a game again with some of the college guys here at RMU, and and we all noticed the same thing. Definitely. Now, do you think the uh, the systematic style of the professional do you think that's why it tends to be a lower-scoring game versus college? I mean, some of the games I, I've seen, even just at Cal, there was uh, one game with the women where they ended up winning 16-2, to and that's just something you typically don't see anything like that in a professional level. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the thing about the, um, well, from where I played in the East Coast League and in the American League, and you have to realize is that the, these organizations are affiliated, so um, Wheeling ran the same systems as Pittsburgh ran, and Wilkes-Barre, Scranton ran the same systems as Pittsburgh ran. So it was the same from the NHL down the ECHL down, they're sorry, down the HL down the ECHL. So it's more of a seamless transition if you get called up. Um, mm-hmm. That's what they really want to emphasize. And um, yeah, that, that was a, that was the big thing I noticed, and it might be a, a big reason why uh, you know the, the games might be much lower scoring because they're, they're they seemingly aren't as high risk, I guess. Mm-hmm, definitely. Now, what's going to be going on this weekend? I know they're having uh, some a benefit for you up at Robert Morris this weekend. Yeah, so I guess we're just going to fill the rings for Cush this weekend because they've got uh, Cancer Awareness Weekend this weekend, and much of the proceeds are going to go to supporting my benefit, which is going to help me pay off some of my medical bills. So we're going to have some cool stuff going on. We've got some uh, Crush Cancer shirts. We have uh, the bracelets. We have the 50-50 raffle some autographed Penn's memorabilia and, and Wilkes-Barre memorabilia. Um, we're going to have some autograph signings, just some cool stuff. It'll be fun, too. The team's playing Holy Cross, which is a, a conference rival. And, uh, you know, it's always exciting at that rate. It's not, it's not as big as an NHL service, so the game's much faster. But, uh, yeah, if anyone's interested, come down to uh, the Island Sports Centre and, and uh, show your support. It is a, it's a very beautiful facility there as well. Now, the name Crush Cancer, where did that uh, come from? Yeah, um, so it's, it originated when I played junior hockey when I was uh, back in Ottawa. And uh, guys couldn't pronounce my last name. They called me Krushnerik instead of Kushnerik. They always thought there was an R after the, the K. And oh. eventually people were calling me Crusher for short. Um, and, and it stuck for a while. It wasn't actually a pun because I used to beat guys up or anything. It was just, <laughs> that's what it was. And, and, you know, seemingly with this, it just, it just seems fitting because that, that's what the whole... Uh, purpose of my fight was was to crush it, and that's um, you know. So it's going to go a long way towards uh, supporting the charity after, which is going to be uh, designed to help individuals like myself who need specialized treatment, going to uh, other countries or just other facilities that might not have the resources in their within their healthcare plan or um, within their uh, within their means. Mm, great. Now, what's next for your charity? What's the next step that you plan to take it in from here? So we're just in the, we're in the process of getting it registered, licensed, sorry, or registered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that happens, you know, we're going to start to organize uh, big charity hockey games back home. And I'm going to go and uh, you know go to go to other sporting teams, and, and uh, hopefully they'll support 
uh, still support the benefit as well. I know the, the Condors and the Nailers are on board for it, and the, the team at RMU is here as well. So we're, we're going to run all sorts of events, though. But I know the uh, the hockey games will be big because uh, being Canadian back home, that, that's that's what we do. <laughs> we play hockey, and you know, we mm. I don't know, we eat poutine and, and do things like that. Now, once you beat cancer, are you planning to use your charity to help others in the future? Yeah, yeah. So that's the plan of it. That, so it's the, the, the goal of the uh, the organization is is to support individuals, much like myself, who who under their current uh, healthcare plan or they're under their uh, current healthcare system or you know whatever it might be that they just don't have the resources available to get the treatment that they needed and they have to go elsewhere where they have to pay out of pocket. Um, the organization is going to be designed to help those individuals, and you know there's going to be obviously an application process within that, but. Um, having been through it myself, I realize you know that the the amount of stress it can put on your family just just not being well alone, let alone all the financial difficulties and constraints that come with it. So that's what that's what the Crash Cancer Organization is going to be all about. Great. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on the show. That's uh, Chris Kushnerick, who is uh, a cancer survivor right now. He's fighting to beat cancer, and really, uh, it's it's a great story. It's really an inspiring story, and. Really, really appreciate you coming on. It's been my pleasure for sure, and I look forward to uh, to helping you out with this. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. And for anyone listening, you can follow me on Twitter. It's uh, at Stone Cold Kush. Um, you can you can maybe post that. And if you guys want any more details or anything, I'm constantly posting about it. So I, I appreciate you guys having me on here. And uh, yeah, I look forward to catching up with you guys again. Absolutely. That's uh, Chris Kushnerick. I'm Brian Crawford. You're listening to 91.9 WCAL. Thank you very much, Chris. All right. Thanks, Brian. See ya.